Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode, we'll be recapping the Atlanta Braves game four win that clinched them the NLDS over the Milwaukee Brewers, and also previewing their upcoming series in the NLCS against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So we will start off the episode with uh, recapping game four. Uh, last time we spoke on Monday, we recapped games one through three, and uh, game four was taking place after I recorded, so we'll go through and talk about that one now. Uh, the Braves did win this game five to four, um, but this this probably was the best game of the series just from a uh, entertainment standpoint and uh, just a back, the back and forth nature of this game. It was actually it was probably really fun to watch as a third party fan, but fans of these two teams couldn't imagine this one was an easy watch because it was definitely a stressful one, definitely a back and forth matchup. So we will get into it now. Uh, the Braves decided to start Charlie Morton in this game. Um, on three on three days rest, so short rest for Charlie Morton is the first time he has done that in a start since 2008, his rookie year with the Braves. So that was kind of an interesting thing, and the first time that he has pitched on just three days rest um, since the 2017 World Series, where he came on in relief for the Houston Astros. Um, so that was one of the big the big uh, news topics for the game is that they decided to start Morton, and the other one came really like an hour before the game started, or probably a couple hours actually. Um, and it was that Jorge Soler tested positive for COVID and was taken off the roster and replaced by Christian Pache. So that was um, a pretty, pretty big deal in the moment. Um, just kind of out of nowhere um, that Jorge tested positive. Definitely not good for the Braves. But um, yeah, they replaced him with Pache on the roster. And um, they end up shaking up the lineup a little bit in response because you obviously have to. You need a new leadoff man. And they decided to go with Dansby, um, which I I didn't know. I, I really still don't know how to think about this because I kind of thought they would just put Jock at leadoff. But it was a lefty and Eric Lauer pitching for the Brewers. So, yeah, you don't love Jock leading off with a lefty on the mound. But um, yeah, still a curious decision to start Dansby. I probably it feels up to me. I don't. I really don't know what I would do. Honestly, I thought about Ozzy because it was a lefty. Ozzy kind of had a good game. He had two hits. Um, but Dansby had an interesting game. He had a double to start off in his first at bat. Um, we'll just go go over Dansby real quick, just because to see how this really worked out for him. Then we'll get into the game. But yeah, Dansby had a double, and then he had one hard hit ball, and a. That was actually speared by Luis Rios and a really nice play. But then he struck out three other times. So, yeah, it was definitely a, um, an interesting decision. I don't know what they're going to do going forward without Jorge. Um, but I, I imagine if there's a righty starter that Jock's going to be leading off, that would be my prediction. They just don't love him leading off against lefties, which I get. But there's just really not a great option um, against lefty lefty starter of the leadoff man besides Soler, and you don't have him right now. So that was the the big breaking news right before the games. That Soler was out, Pache was in. And they uh, go Dansby in the starting lineup. Um, they also play Heredia over um, Eddie Rosario and put Heredia in center. Um, so you had Rosario as your bench bat. They put Jock in right and Duvall in left. Even though Duvall went to center after Heredia came out and Rosario came in. And then Pache ended up finishing and got this game in center. So outfield really got shook up in this game. And the lineup got a, a bit of a shakeup too. So we'll get on to the action in this one. Um, top of the first, like I said, Charlie Morton. Getting the start on three days rest. Starts off the game by hitting Colton Wong. Um, just kind of skimmed him. Uh, 
like the third time the series of Brewers hitters just kind of got skimmed by a pitch, but that's what happened to start the game off. And then Willie Adama singles immediately after, and um, there's runners on first and second, nobody out in a hurry. So then we move on to Christian Yelich, who came up and he struck out swinging. Then Austin Riley made a really awesome play, um, a one hand or a bare hand grab on a bouncer that was hit softly um, to third base, and he threw out Alicel Garcia to get the second out, and then Morton strikes out Rowdy Telez to leave the runners on second and third. So the Brewers continue to not be able to hit with runners in scoring position, which is kind of, kind of tough for them, and they, they had a really rough series with runners in scoring position. They did break out later in the game, but their struggles continued in the first inning of this one. So well, in the bottom of the first, like I said, Dansby had a leadoff single to start the game for the Braves. Um, then Freddie had a fly out to center, and Dansby tagged up and made it to third. He actually, like, face-planted on his way to second, or on his way to third, and scratched his nose up pretty good. Um, like, he hit his face pretty hard, and he, he's he got, like, a scabbed-up nose after that, but um, that was kind of kind of uh, interesting to watch um, when he when they showed the replay of slow motion him just banging his face to the dirt. It was pretty brutal. Um, so you got Dansby at first, or Dansby at third, one out, Ozzie and Riley coming up. Ozzie strikes out, um, just kind of got struck on three pitches, actually, and three fastballs. So he kind of just got blown away, which wasn't great. And then Austin Riley gave one a good ride to right field, but um, Garcia got just shy of the warning track, and that was in the first. So the Braves also came up short with runs in scoring position in that inning as well. In the second, um, Luis Urias let off the inning for the Brewers. He grounded out. Omar Narvaez grounded out. Then Lorenzo Cain had a two-out signal to clear the pitcher, and that was pretty much it from the inning. Morton got the pitcher next to bat, so nothing going on in the second for the Brewers either. And then we go to the bottom of the second, which this featured another pretty bad base running blunder from Adam Duvall, his second in as many games. Uh, he led off the inning with a single, just like kind of how he did in uh, in Game 3. Then Jock Peterson flies out, and then Travis Darno walks. So it is first and second, one out. Guillermo Heredia comes up, and he kind of hits like a little flare in the left. And Duvall just, just kind of just takes off and doesn't even, like, I guess he got like a really bad read. But he ran on contact and didn't even, like, look. He just was going full steam ahead the home plate. And the ball was caught pretty easily by Yelich. And he just kind of tossed by the second. It was a double play. And that sucked because Charlie Morton's on deck. And you kind of would like to clear the pitcher there. But Duvall just decides to run on contact. And just as easy easy as it can get for a double play for the Brewers. So that ended the second. Uh, nothing going on in the third for Morton. He uh, struck out Colton Wong and William Adams, and then he got Yelich to ground out. One, two, three. Bottom of the third, Morton had to lead off, which was kind of a decision to make because people were wondering if Morton was at the end of his rope, but they let him lead off the third. Um, he gets out. Dansby then strikes out. Freddie does double there, double with two outs. Then Ozzy pops out, and that ends the inning. So we move on to the top of the fourth now, and this is where the Brewers finally broke through in the game. Um, Garcia, he led off with a single, and Roddy Telez flew out to right, so we're in our first one out, and Morton goes for a pickoff and makes a bad throw that goes all the way to the to the wall next to the dugout, and that put um, Garcia on second. Then he walks Luis Arias, and that brings up Omar Narvaez, and this is the first issue I have with the managing in the game. 
Um, I thought I think I thought Morton was done after Urias. He walked him on five pitches, I believe. And you have no Omar Narvaez as a lefty. I think you should bring an AJ Mentor here. Um, first, being being honest, I think this is one of Mentor's spots. Um, a lefty on lefty up to bat, runners on second and runners on first and second. Which just went out. I think you got to bring in Mentor. Narvaez is a platoon split guy. So I think you got to bring in a lefty there. And if you, they bring in a pinch hitter, then so be it. You kind of just need a fresh arm there. And Morton just kind of seemed like he was done. But um, yeah, Narvaez comes up and he hits a single off of Morton that scores a run. one nothing Brewers. And then Snicker decides to yank him after that and bring in Jesse Chavez, which I don't hate. But right after Chavez comes in, he immediately gives up a single to Lorenzo Cain. Make it 2 to nothing. They did hold the runner at third there. So um, that was a plus on that 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 um, at bat after giving up the run, they then they then let Eric Lauer hit the Brewers dude. He placed on a sack bunt, and that put the runners on. They put Lorenzo Cain to second base, and they held the runner at third. And then they walked Colton Wong to load the bases, and then Chavez with a pretty nice at bat against Adama strikes him out to strand the bases loaded in the fourth. So it's two nothing Brewers after the top of the fourth. So we went to the bottom, and. Austin Riley leads off with a single and then Adam Duvall comes up and hits a pop-up and foul ground and Narvaez the catcher got under it but the ball popped out of his glove and then in real time we're like Urias kind of scooped it out right before it hit the ground after it popped out of his glove but looking at the replay the ball definitely hit the ground and Snicker decides to challenge it which he should have done then the umpires go they put on the headsets and everything they don't come out with a call so they take out the headset and just walk back towards the field and go talk to Snicker. This is not a reviewable play for some reason. So a ball that is popped up, dropped by the catcher, and bounces on the ground, and the third baseman comes behind and catches it off the one bounce, which it was, it was a close play, is not reviewable for some reason. So they went and checked the rules, and New York said they couldn't do anything with it, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how that's not a reviewable play. Um, it just seems like the epitome of a player that should be reviewable. But, um, yeah, that's that's how it turned out. Duvall is out, even though the ball definitely hit the ground. So a tough break for the Braves and umpires and stupid rules and this, that, and the other. That The fact that it's not reviewable is just beyond me. That's just ridiculous. So move on. Uh, Jock Peterson comes up. He pops out of the first baseman. So that made it two outs with runner on first. And then the Braves have a two-out rally here. Uh, Travis Darno walks. Then Guillermo Heredia gets hit by a pitch. And then um, Brian Snicker actually did some good managing here. Um, he brings in Orlando Arcia to pinch hit. And then they let him be announced. And then the Brewers bring in Hunter Strickland to come in to pitch for Eric Lauer, the righty. So then he responds by bringing in Eddie Rosario to pinch hit for Orlando Arcia. So you burn Arcia, which is the one kind of negative here. But it's definitely worth it because you would much rather have Rosario up against the righty Strickland than Arcia against um, Eric Lauer. So positive for the Braves, and it worked out because Rosario has a single to center that scored two runs and tied the game. And, uh, yeah, just a pretty pretty huge at-bat from Rosario that got the game tied. Kind of a broken bat liner in the center that got both the runs home. Uh, then that brought up Dansby, who hit a rocket on the first pitch. And like I mentioned earlier, Arias speared it, made a really nice play, and threw out Rosario at second in the inning. And that probably would have scored two runs. So, yeah, Arias kind of saved two runs for the Brewers there. He was really good defensively all game. 
Um, so yeah, that was one of his many good plays in this one. So we're on the top of the fifth. Um, Huascar Inoa is now in the pitch after the pinch hitting and all that. So this is another situation where they haven't used AJ Minter yet. And this is even more of AJ Minter's lane than Armand Arvaez was. It is Yelich, Garcia, and Telez do up. You got two lefties and one righty sandwiched in between them. You bring in Minter here. Um, I guess their plan was, like, as soon as you have a clean inning to use Enoa, but save him for when there's some righties up. This is right where you need to use Mentor. And lo and behold, Christian Yelich, a lefty, leads off the single against Enoa. And then against the righty, he actually, Enoa actually makes Abisal Garcia look pretty silly, um, strikes him out. And then with another lefty up in Telez, Enoa really makes just like a god-awful pitch, just a hanging slider in the top of the zone. And... Telez crushed it, and I, I think I'm underselling it a little bit, but that was one of the farthest balls I've seen hit up in center field at Truist Park. Um, it went way up in the like the nature scene they have there at Chattahoochee Falls, what some call it, but it went almost over like all of the trees and stuff and the bushes and almost hit the batter's eye. I believe it was 448 feet. So yeah, that was an absolute bomb to make it 4-2 Brewers. So uh, continuing on in the inning, he then walks Luis Urias, but then he gets Narvaez to fly out and Kane called out on strike. So just two runs given up in the top of the fifth, and we'll move on to the bottom of the fifth. And the Brewers bring in Aaron Ashby. Um, he gets Freddie Freeman to strike out in the first batter. Then Ozzy has an infield single. Riley walks. Duvall gets hit by a pitch, and the bases are loaded for Jock Peterson which um, this is kind of the guy you want up. He's the hottest guy on the team right now. He doesn't get a hit, though, but he does um, get it uh, granted to a fielder's choice. does result in an out, but also results in a run to make it 4-3. to three. And then Travis Darnell right after has a single right under the glove of Rowdy Telez to tie the game at four in the bottom of the fifth. So, big play appearance from Darnell there. He was uh, pretty awesome in this game. He had some good uh, bats, I think. He drew a walk and had a big hit here, obviously. And then uh, you honestly have a pretty much a bunch of nothing until the eighth inning. Uh, Mentor does come into this game in the seventh, and he looked pretty nasty. Or he came in the sixth, actually, and pitched the first part of the seventh. Um, yeah, he struck out Pena, Wong, and then he got Domus to fly out. Then he struck out Yelich. Then they took him out for um, Luke Jackson. So, yeah, Mentor faced four batters. He struck out three of them. Pretty nasty stuff from him. He looked really good. Um, we'll now move on to the bottom of the eighth, which is where the deciding run of this game came across. Uh, the Brewers bring in Josh Hader, who was probably the best reliever in baseball this year. He's pretty awesome. And um, he looked like he was going to cruise to this inning. He strikes out Rosario swinging the first at bat. Then he strikes out Dansby. Um, and Dansby's at bat was like pretty bad. Like He made Dansby look foolish. And yeah, it looked like he was going to cruise through the inning. Got Freddie Freeman up. Still a tall task for him, but it looked like, you know, at, at minimum, Freddie was going to draw a walker single. It didn't look like nobody. It didn't look like anybody was doing damage off of Hater this inning. And the first pitch he throws, a hanging slider. Freddie crushes it to left center to give the Braves the lead, five to four. And it was quite the moment. Freddie was as fired up as I've ever seen him in his entire career. I've never seen Freddie that that fired up. Um, screaming around the base paths. When he got touched home, going crazy with his teammates, the hardest like sword chop I've ever seen from any Braves player that he did with Heredia, 
like this, they did the simultaneous chop, and by God, Freddie just put his entire body strength into it. He was really fired up, did a curtain call, screamed at the crowd, threw his helmet up. It was awesome. I've never seen Freddie like that. Definitely, definitely got chills watching that. It was awesome. And, um, yeah, that, that pretty much uh, clinched the series for the Braves right there. Um, in the ninth, they bring in Will Smith. Um, he does give a bleed-off single to Eduardo Escobar, but then Colton Wong gives a huge gift to the Braves by popping up a bun attempt to Darno for the first out. And I just want to say this, um, I'm not trying to be mean to Colton Wong. He had an absolutely terrible series. I think he uh, he might as well have been wore, wore a Braves jersey this series because he did nothing and then some. Like He was negative, negative bad for the Brewers. Um, and he let off every game and it was terrible. And him popping up that bun was just kind of a synopsis of his whole series that was really bad. Um, he then get a dom he then then gets a dominant strikeout swing in what I thought was some really good pitches there, and then he gets yellowish looking to end the game and the Braves win five to four to take game four and take the series against the Brewers. So Braves had to wait around a couple of days to see who they were going to face in the NLCS because that night after they won, the Dodgers forced a game five against the Giants, and they they played game five last night. And the Dodgers won. Uh, kind of controversial at the end. Uh, I'll touch on this real quick. There was a check swing called a Wilmer Flores to end the game, and he didn't swing. Um, so that was pretty brutal. But um, yeah, that that was something. And that the Dodgers won two to one last night to advance to the CS. Um, and now I will talk a little bit about the Dodgers and the Braves. So this is a rematch of last year's NLCS. Um, this is actually the third time in four years that these two teams have played against each other. Um, they faced a 28-2 in the NLDS. The Dodgers have won both meetings in the playoffs um, since the Braves have returned to playoff form over the past few years. Um, they also played in like 2013-2 in the Dodgers beat So the Dodgers definitely have the Braves' number in the playoffs. Uh, now it's been a success. Um, but we will get into it now. Go over the Dodgers team and what we're going to see from them. Um, I believe that Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, said that Max Scherzer will be starting game one, um, even though he did come in to pitch last night for the Dodgers. Um, he came in for the save, actually. So he didn't throw like a ton of pitches, but he said that he is still planning on starting him game one. So I'd imagine their their top three of how they're going to do it is going to be um, Max Scherzer game one, game two, Walker Buehler, and game three, Julio Urias. Um, that's what I'm anticipating. They have a really nice top three, very similar to the Brewers. Um, they are probably a little more taxed though because they did have they did just have to play a five game series. So that is what I'd be anticipating from them: Scherzer, Bueller, Urias. Um, they might go like a bullpen game for Game Four, and if they don't want to use Scherzer on short rest, not really sure what they're gonna do with that. Um, so yeah, um, they we'll get into what they're missing in this playoff series. Um, Right, right before the season, right the season ended, they lost both Max Muncy and Clayton Kershaw to injury. Um, and Max Muncy was pretty awesome this year for the Dodgers. Um, but Clayton Kershaw kind of been banged up all year, but he had came back to pitch for the stretch run. And I think he got hurt in his last start of the season. So that was pretty tough for them. A couple of tough losses for the Dodgers. So their depth is diminished a little bit, but they're still very, very good. Um... 
they're definitely going to be the favorites in this series, even though the Braves are the home team in this series. They have home field advantage. If this thing goes seven ser- seven games, the game seven will be in Atlanta in Truist Park. And that is because the Braves won the division and the Dodgers didn't. They were the wild card team. And despite the Dodgers winning, what, 18 more games than the Braves, they will be the road team um, because that is just how the MLB playoffs are formatted. So that is one advantage for the Braves. If they were if they were to play the Giants, if the Giants um, would have won the DS, they would have been the road team against the Giants since they had a better record and won their division. But since the Dodgers are the wild card, this series will run through Atlanta, which is quite interesting, quite funny to me. So it's gonna be it's gonna be very tough for the Braves. Um, it's gonna be tough for any team to beat this Dodgers team. They're very good. Um, you got Trey Turner, you got Corey Seager, Will Smith, Mookie Betts. I mean, they're just loaded. Um, they're the epitome of loaded. And even with all the injuries and like a guy like Cody Bellinger just not even doing anything this year, they are still. I, I don't I don't know what the betting market say right now, but I'm assuming they're probably the favorite to win the World Series. Um, they are that good. And this is going to be a tall task for the Braves to win this series. I will say that now. Um, but it doesn't mean they have no shot because they definitely have a shot. They have home field, which is I think is pretty important. Um, I really do. Um, having the first few games at Truist, are, I think, is a pretty big deal. Um, yet I think they have a better chance to win these kind of games at home because Dodger Stadium is also going to be rocking. But seeing what I saw in the DS, Truist was definitely bumping, and I think it will be for this series even more. So I, I think that is a pretty big advantage for the Braves in this series. If this went through L.A., I would not like their chances as much because the Braves are absolutely terrible in Dodger Stadium. I think they've lost 10 straight games in Dodger Stadium um, or nine. I think they've gotten swept three series in a row at Dodger Stadium, and they've actually played the Dodgers pretty good at Truist. Um, I know past two years that they've played the Dodgers at Truist, 2021 this year they took two out of three when they were at home, and in 2019 when they came to play it, that was SunTrust Park at the time. They took two out of three against them as well. And then both other times, they got swept. So, yeah, they definitely play the Dodgers better at home. Um, I don't know if that's going to translate all the way um, in the playoffs or not. I'm not completely sure. But, yeah, I, I would probably I'd probably put my percentage chance of the Braves winning this thing around like 40-ish. Um, I say it's like 60-40. I think some people might have a bigger gap than that, but I, I think this Braves team is definitely pretty frisky, and they could definitely give the Dodgers a run for their money. They're not going to be the favorites at all. Um, I'm still thinking of, I don't even think I'm going to pick the Braves to win this series, honestly, because it's just going to be a, such a tall task. Um, but yeah, the Dodgers are really good. I would have rather played the Giants if we're being, if we're being frank here. Um, I think they match up much better than the Giant with the Giants. But they would have been without home field, but I think that would have been an even trade-off because I think that Giants team is just a bit more human than the Dodgers. I guess you could say you saw that last night. You know, they did get kind of screwed, but who knows how that game finishes up. But yeah, um, it's going to be it's gonna be tough. Um, can't say that enough. Uh, the series starts on Saturday at 8 o'clock, so finally some good game times for the Braves to get prime time slots instead of playing at 1 o'clock on a Monday and 4 and 5 o'clock and those kind of uh kind of bad start times um you get the eight o'clock start eight o'clock at truest expecting it to be max versus max the braves have already announced max freed for sure uh dave roberts said that it's probably gonna be max scherzer so that is what i am anticipating um 
The Braves also said they're not 100% sure if it's going to be Charlie Morton in Game 2, which I think they have to do that. It's got to be Charlie Morton. You have to ensure that he pitches twice in this series. Um, so, yeah, because he will become he will be on normal rest since when he pitched last. But since he didn't get full rest the last time, they might be thinking about pushing him to Game 3 and have Ian Anderson go Game 2. I wouldn't do that. I would pitch Morton Game 2, and I think they will. Uh, I think they'll come to that decision. So, yeah. Um, I will now go into my prediction for this series. And just looking at and breaking down both the rosters and thinking about this, I've only, I've only had I've had less than 24 hours to think about this because this, the, it was just decided last night that this was the series. I'm going to pick the Dodgers. Um, and I'm obviously not rooting for the Dodgers, but I'm going to pick the Dodgers to win. And I'm going to pick them in seven again. I'm just going to set up, set myself up for heartbreak. And I'm going to pick the Dodgers in seven. Um, I just think that even though they have had their injuries and stuff this year, I think that the Braves' injuries and all their shortcomings from like a, Ozuna and not having him and not having Soroka, I think they're going to miss them a little bit in this series. Having those kind of superstar-level players like Ronald Acuna are kind of the difference in these series, I feel like. And yeah, the Dodgers are without Muncie and Kershaw, but they have Mookie Betts, they have Corey Seager, they have Trey Turner, and the Braves still have plenty of talent too. But I think the Dodgers are just a better team. Um, they're like I said, they're absolutely loaded, and I think they're just a little bit better um, than the Braves. Even though this Braves team is playing very well, and I do think they can absolutely win this series. I am going to pick the Dodgers in seven. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But I do think it's going to be a very competitive series. And I think it's going to be a good series full of good baseball between these two teams. So, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun, I think. I think there's going to be some really highs, some real lows, and hopefully they can surprise me because I just I just don't see it. I don't see I don't see them winning this. I'm going to pick the Dodgers again in seven games. So that's my prediction. And uh, that'll do it for this little impromptu preview episode. Just feel like I need to get my thoughts out on this before they actually play games. Because if I would have waited and recorded on Monday, you know, game four against the Brewers is just kind of meaningless at that point. Because there will be two games in between the next time I record. So yeah, I will be back on Monday. I will recap games one and two. Uh, both games will be in Atlanta. Hopefully um, the Braves at least come out there with a split. Which I think they will. That's probably my prediction for that is that they come out there with a split. Um, if they're up 2-0 on, uh, when I'm recording on Monday, then the tide will definitely have turned in the series. So maybe that'll be the case. Um, so if you made this far for listening, I really appreciate it. Um, I will be back on Monday, so I'll see you in the next one.